Welcome to the Ether. Today is Thursday, November 3rd, 2022. Today on the Ether, Cosmic Community, hosted by Lil Gaines, Episode 9 with Joe Abbey. Let's take a listen. Hello, hello. How's everyone doing? I hope everyone's doing great. Today is Episode 9 of the Cosmic Community Twitter space. And today we have Joe Abbey coming on. Joe Abbey was uh, selected by Golden Ratio as our next interviewee. And that's how this works. So we interview cosmonauts, we interview developers, validators, anyone in the community, we're open to interview. So once we're done with the interview, that person selects another person in the community to get interviewed. And it's just like a really cool chain reaction. So with that being said, I will bring up Mr. Joe Abbey. I went to see the bank about a bank loan. Hey, there we go. Hey, Joe. Sorry about that, man. We always have technical difficulties with Twitter, I swear to God. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. Sorry. Elon Musk fixes this. I hope he does. I, I fucking hope he does. Yeah. By the way, isn't that kind of crazy now that he's in charge of Twitter? Just just get this weird feeling <laughs> that we're going to see a bunch of like crazy stuff happening on Twitter soon. I mean, it's not like he controls an AI company, a neuro <laughs> interface company, a rocket company, and uh, uh, a company that drills holes in the ground, and you know now a town hall. So it's yeah, fine. it's fine. Yeah. It's all good. Hey, did you hear my my quick little intro of uh, the Cosmic Community Twitter Spaces? Yeah, yeah, I, I caught the first bit of it while trying to figure out how to get my headphones to connect to my phone. Oh gosh. Okay, so it was funny because. I was giving the intro and I was just walking around my room to grab a bottle of water. And then I came back to my phone and I'm like, oh shit, I wasn't connected to my Bluetooth headset either. So I was speaking from, <laughs> from far away. So for those that didn't get that, so the Cosmic Community Twitter spaces, we started these spaces like a little while ago. So we're on episode nine today with Joe Abbey. And Joe Abbey was selected by Golden Ratio as the next person that we interview. And that's how it that's how it happens. You know, once one is done, that person selects another person to get interviewed. It's like a cool chain reaction. So welcome. Welcome to this uh, awesome space. And Joe Abbey. Awesome. Um, yeah, just just give the, the audience just a quick little intro of who you are. You don't have to go in depth because we'll 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 get there. We'll we will dive a little bit deep into your background. I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to dox you either. So if you feel uncomfortable with any questions <laughs> that I ask, just say, you know what? Uh, let's not go there. Just not trying to like put myself out there too much. Okay. Not, that's not my goal here either. Yeah. Is it, is it too late to change my username from Joe Abbey? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. So I'm a, a dad of six. Um, my wife and I have been married almost 20 years. Uh, been into, 
software security and uh, that sort of space for about as long. Um, let's see, switched jobs. I was uh, at a startup for about 14 years and then switched to Docker. And then from Docker, I switched to Anchorage Digital um, doing uh, cryptocurrency stuff. And uh, most recently, I started with uh, Strange Love back in May. And um, along the way, you know, watching uh, the different ways of uh, e-commerce come and go uh, to where, you know, everybody was like scared about putting credit cards into websites. And now it's like, you know, <laughs> people are aping into uh, digital art. Um, and it's just a really cool way to see the, the technology um, evolve. You have six kids, Joe. <laughs> Holy I, I do. Yeah. I mean, everything at scale, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, dude. Um, how many boys yeah. and how many girls? Uh, four boys, two girls. Four boys. Um, so one uh, entered college. Uh, he is a freshman at Ball State University. And then we've got two high schoolers, a middle schooler, and two elementary kids. And one of the elementary kids was at the uh, swim practice I was telling you about. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, guys, yeah. he was at a he was at a swim practice, but then he messages me like, "Oh man, there's a fire alarm that went off over here." I'm like, "What the hell? <laughs> a fire alarm at a at a pool hall or a aquatic center?" Like, <laughs> right. That never happens. It's the safest place to be. <laughs> so everything's okay though over there, right? Yeah, everything's fine. Um, you know, I'm guessing it was just one of the kids at their clubs. It was at a high school uh, aquatic center, and so I'm, I'm guessing some kid pulled a fire alarm, or maybe there was yeah. a, a small thing. But uh, yep, got cleared out pretty quick. You know, I'm a cosmic firefighter. I don't tend to do <laughs> real world firefighting. Oh my goodness, Joe! I have two kids of my own. Um, not not six like you, but anyway, boy and a girl. I have a six year old daughter and a fourteen year old boy. So oh, I nice. kind of know a little bit about the parenting life, and sure being a parent and being in, in crypto and being like super involved with crypto, it's just hard to find for it. So how, how the hell do you find all the time to run <laughs> as many validators as you do as well? For those that don't know, Joe Abbey has like over, what is it now? Like over 10 validators. Yeah. I think it's around 20. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's mostly like, you know, the best type of uh, network is the fire and forget one where you, you start it up and you just, you get all the system set up so you can monitor it in case anything does go wrong. And then it just kind of goes. And uh, then there's ones where you have to be more active on them because uh, there's plenty of upgrades or contentious governance proposals. Um, and then, you know, the kids ask, Mommy, why is Daddy angry at the computer? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the uh, difference between two kids and six kids is I just probably buy more milk and do more laundry. <laughs> It's it's hard no matter how many kids you have. I know, I know. And like every kid has like things that you got to do with, like, for example, like your kid, um, you were just at a pool yep. aquatic center with him, right? So yep. like it's it's just more responsibility, man. Every single kid yep. is just for so six. Wow. Yep. yep. Props to yeah, you, so eventually sure. uh, one of them will start driving and then, you know, it's a little bit less of going here and there, but uh, still plenty. <laughs> and then little by little, one of them will start learning about how to run validators. And then that's right. That's grow, right. Your, grow your empire. That's right. <laughs> Are any of them actually interested in crypto? 
Uh, yeah, um, my my second oldest. He's uh, uh, been building PCs since he was in the seventh grade, um, and uh, he seems to ask good questions. Wow. Like, okay, so you run a program, and it gets you money. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a little bit more complicated than that, son. You also have to do X, Y, Z. Yeah. You you think it'd be easier to introduce them to, let's say NFTs instead of just like the actual like token moving tokens around? Just do it by yep. introducing yep. them to NFTs, maybe. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, if I don't, then they're not going to make it, and we just can't have that. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm just trying to find ways to get my my own son interested in crypto. So I think I'm going to start with NFTs. Like he's he's he has his own ledger. He's um he's moved tokens around stake tokens, but it wasn't something that he's like, oh man, I'm super interested in this. I want to learn more. It was just like a one time thing. Like, okay, I know how to do it. Yeah, the um my uh how old is he? Sixteen, my sixteen year old. He gave me twenty bucks so I could buy him some Tezos, and I apologize for. <laughs> no, Tezos is fine. It's great. It's great blockchain if you like OCaml. <laughs> <laughs> So how did you get interested in cryptocurrency? Like, take us back before, um, well, take us back to a time when you didn't know nothing about crypto. You were, you know, you were busy with your, what was it, a software security company? Yeah. Yeah, just uh, talk to us about the transition there. So in the software security company, the the problem we were trying to solve is around tampering and reverse engineering uh, to make it difficult for someone to, you know, remove licensing or uh, figure out how this proprietary algorithm works. Uh, so we had a series of techniques that we would apply, um, but it will always really come down to like, if there's some way that you can hide the information long enough, you know, you can gather the revenue you need and, um, you know, it, it doesn't matter. Like we we just need to make it, hard enough just raise the bar enough and so you know just continued to be researching and thinking and pondering in that space and inevitably you know you hear about these breaches of security on massive uh e-commerce sites or or something of that nature and thinking about how you could remove a, a center a single point of failure that that was really like the ongoing mantra of like how can we make this harder to fail in one place uh, and so and when we wanted to start looking at banking systems, you know, that we started like exploring that space and thinking about, you know, why is it, why is all the, you know, accounting information stored at this one place? Why, why can't we like have this expand out to where it's, you know, you can't just tamper at one place. You have to tamper in multiple places to, to cheat. Yeah. So, you know, I, I started like drawing a diagram and uh, this was. Uh, I'm in Indiana right now and up near Purdue University, which does a lot of research uh, in the sort of uh, cybersecurity space, I guess you would say. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I, I start like drawing a diagram of how these different entities could sort of share information and work together. And my office mate at the time was like, oh, so you're talking about like eCash or, or digital cash? I'm like, what? So I start looking into that. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool, but wait a second, J Joe. <laughs> don't don't mean to interrupt you, but you said eCash. Now you're talking about like, like around Bitcoin time, right? Like when it first came out. I think yeah, I've yeah. Heard of eCash, yeah. 
yeah, yeah. Prior to uh, Bitcoin, there were uh, several other attempts that that almost had all the components there. Um, and so then, you know, kind of thinking that it was in this academic research field, kind of got discouraged for a little while, looked away. And then, you know, Bitcoin starts to surface. Uh, it looks really exciting, but I, I kept getting hung up on, well, what am I going to do with it? <laughs> like, what? how can I use this? Like, not, not foreseeing that it would, uh, you know, go where it would. Otherwise, this would be a, a different conversation, I guess. Um, so uh, th then this is around, I think, 2013, 2014, somewhere around there. You know, someone says, man, you should like buy some Bitcoin. I'm like, ah, dude, it's like $7 a Bitcoin. What am I going to do? <laughs> Let's say I buy $1,000 worth of it. Like, what am I going to do with 100 plus Bitcoin? Like, I, I don't know. Like, let's just. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. You were. Oh, God. God. So you actually had the opportunity to buy Bitcoin. Somebody was just talking to you about it that long ago. Yeah. 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 Oh. So I, I missed that opportunity. Uh, but don't worry. I, I uh, set up a coin yay miner. And, uh, you know, <laughs> <Coin -yay>. I, <laughs> yeah, there was a South Park episode that made fun of Kanye West. And uh, and then there was this Coinye blockchain that was kind of like kind of like Doge, but way less. Uh, <laughs> Surprised um, you don't have that already, man, to be honest. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, I'm sure there is. If you go on CoinGecko and you look up Coinye, you probably find one. Yeah. People think of the craziest shit, you know. So then I, I kind of looked away from it for uh, another period of time. Uh, and then I guess it was 2016, 2017, uh, Ethereum had just launched. And, you know, hey, this idea of having sort of this ability to run code in a decentralized manner uh, really started to click a lot of or check a lot of boxes of the sort of stuff that I was thinking about in the software security. Uh, world, but one of the problems that kept coming up was I I really understood um, client side software and like running an application on a device, but not back end software like servers and stuff. So the opportunity came to go uh, work with Docker, and then suddenly you know I was exposed to all the cloud stuff, and it's just in a nutshell running your code on someone else's computer. <laughs> uh, and so during that time, you know I was. Uh, fiddling around with setting up accounts on different exchanges and trying to learn like what was different between Bitcoin and Ethereum and Dash and you know just on and on and on because there's just always a new coin, new token, um, and the ICOs were going like crazy, right? Oh god! Uh, well, ICOs. When did ICOs start um, going crazy? That was back in 2017. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What so did then, you surround yourself? Sorry, my bad. Um, I was just going to say, what did you surround yourself at, at that time when um, the ICO craze was happening? Did you have your like little little group of uh, friends that were just going back and forth about different stuff? Or did you kind of just venture on your own a little bit? Um, yeah, I mean, I had a, a, a group of friends uh, that, you know, we were all kind of still relatively skeptical <laughs> about what what you could possibly achieve. And, you know, there was sort of this mantra in the software world that, you know, we you just need a blockchain and it'll solve all your problems. Um, and so, you know, companies like IBM and and stuff uh, started trying to build hyperledger fabrics and whatnot so that you could solve all your supply chain woes with, with one magical blockchain. And so it just, it became sort of a cliche that blockchain would survive. But, 
you know, you, you couldn't ignore the some things that were gaining uh, momentum and traction um, and other things that were, you know, they'd have their 15 minutes of fame and then fade away. Um, so then, you know, things were going uh, great at Docker. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Docker, you know, they, they did an excellent job of exposing containers to the broad software community, but they just failed to sort of monetize it. Um, and so the company split into two where one half was bought out. Um, and so I was on the half that was bought, uh, the enterprise half. And so, you know, the choice was to stay with this other company and, uh, you know, manage a team in Eastern Europe or, uh, you know, go look for something else. And so I chose to look something else. Luckily, I found Anchorage, uh, which was creating, which is creating a, uh, a series of services for crypto. Um, they have an amazing app. You know, it's going to be just a real quick plug for Anchorage. <laughs> amazing app. They have uh, trading, lending, uh, custody, uh, a bunch of DeFi services now. Um, really cool company to work for. Really, uh, really enjoyed working with them. Uh, but that was where I first heard about uh, Cosmos and Atom um, because, you know, it was still sort of in its infancy around that time. Uh, and this notion of proof of stake went from, you know, just sort of Ripple and Lumen uh, being the two well-known versions of this to, you know, well, now there's Cosmos and there's Tezos and there's um, all these different uh, proof of stake models. Uh, and so I started looking deeper into Cosmos. I read the white paper and I'm like, holy shit, this is ambitious. <laughs> if <laughs> if they can accomplish this sort of, you know, IBC model, like this, this is going to be like the, uh, a rebirth of the internet where, um, you know, it's a bunch of independent nodes that are interconnected and, um, this is going to be amazing. So, uh, I got to work briefly on some features for that uh and then eventually you know to make the long story a little bit shorter i started running a validator uh and then i started running a second validator and then a third <laughs> oh <laughs> then joining a gosh. test net and then running another validator and then before i knew it i was like oh man i'm i'm spending more time <laughs> setting up these validators um maybe i should just go deep into this space around that same time uh you know i start getting more involved in the different discords and Twitter spaces, uh, Twitter circles, I guess. Um, and Jack Zamplin and I start to cross paths and he's like, wow, cool. Yeah. You're really active on Twitter about, uh, Cosmos. You, you want to talk sometime? I'm like, sure. Let's talk. And so we talked and then I described to him, uh, the way I see the, uh, the industry going. He's like, that really aligns well with what we do at strange love. And, you know, that conversation became a few more months of conversations. And then I was like, you know what? Yep. I think I'm going to start a, a role at strange love and uh, told the wife and she's like, strange. What? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. So Joe, yeah. Let's, let's talk a little bit about that. Cause I, I always ask like, what do people that you're close with think about you being in crypto? Like does your wife, does your wife buggy about it? What, what does she think? Well, I mean, I, I have uh uh, a, a very, very intelligent, uh, wife. And so she, she likes to, um, fully understand things, especially when it comes to our, our life. And I'm like, okay, like 
you know, we're we're uh, we're going to do this thing uh, because it's it's building these components. It's building this relayer, which allows these nodes to talk together. Uh, it's building, you know, uh, this consensus uh, engine. It's working on this SDK. So in, in these elements, I'm I'm building the shovels and the pickaxes for the gold miners <laughs> to go, you know, figure out uh, how to mine gold in the in the dangerous dangerous caves of, uh, <laughs> of, <laughs> of of whatever you know particular expertise they they want to go figure out. Um, and so that that definitely set well with her. Um, and you know, through Anchorage, being able to sort of have those you know pillow talks about the day and be like yeah so i'm working on this crazy you know uh dm thing that has this pretty cool move vm and you know so it's just been lots of explanations of that nature where uh at the end of the day we, we trust each other and um it comes to fruition but you know i'm i'll always <laughs> willing to have the the father-in-law with sort of a skeptical uh perspective on things of like isn't this just tulips all over again and <laughs> oh, oh gosh <laughs> no 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 these these tulips look rare man <laughs> yep I've, I've been there trust me i've been there family members always kind of try to like discourage you with oh it's just internet money how did how can you even like touch it if you can't touch it is it real you know how That's many right. times have you heard that thing i know i know how if I can't touch the the Federal Reserve backing that makes this dollar worth something, how how can I trust it's real? <laughs> oh oh yeah. right, oh it's all built on a system of of trust and value that we put in in it. Oh okay. <laughs> so Joe, you're you're a fucking OG then. You've been in Cosmos since the beginning, and you said you worked a little bit on on some stuff, right? Directly related to Cosmos. <clears throat> what was that? What was those? What, what were those those things? Yeah. So the the job I was doing at uh, Anchorage was largely around. Um, writing firmware for the HSMs. Um, and so in a nutshell, in instead of having a ledger that you interact with, um, Anchorage has a really clever way of uh, making HSMs um, group accessible so that, you know, your organization of whether it's a family office or institutional investor or, you know, you... Uh, a wealthy couple or, or what have you, uh, you can propose transactions to your group and then members of your group can authorize it. And then that finally sends the HSM a message to do a thing, whether it's transfer funds or stake or, you know, what have you, we, we have a way of plumbing it. Uh, sorry. We <laughs> Anchorage has a, a way of plumbing it into that HSM where it does it through offline signing so, like, there's an air gap between um, uh, the the internet and and the HSM. It's a beautiful system. works works fantastically. So, what I was doing was working on the HSM to teach it how to sign Cosmos transactions, or um, you know, work with Cello or or what have you. Uh, but basically, building out this model where I'm laying out the byte for the transactions and um, and then you know producing the cryptographic signatures um so yeah yeah that's what i was doing with it gotcha and you're full-time with strange love right now Joy? that's right yep yep oh cool cool awesome. so the really cool thing about strange love is um where with anchorage you know i'm trying to 
work towards expanding their footprint across all the different blockchains so we can bring on more customers and have a more valuable offering. With Strangelove, there's a, a little bit more focus in making IBC and supporting technologies as successful as can possibly be. Um, and with that, it affords me a lot of latitude to be able to, um, you know, go help out with Cosmos SDK development or go help out with the, the Relayer development or, you know, go jump into uh, Chihuahua's Discord and, and try to offer advice on how to bring the chain back up and coordinate things. And so it's, it's just, it's a better fit um, and uh, it's a lot of fun. Dude, are you are you a one man like um, Wolfpack here, or, or do you have a team of people that help you with your twenty validators? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's one man show, man. You know, it's like with six kids. It's just you need more more scripts to how how <laughs> how like even even us Cosmos Spaces we we run around eight validators and we have a big team, uh, right. and just keeping up with all the the stuff happening, the props, uh, the upgrades. It's a, it's a hectic, it's a hectic time over here, man. <laughs> it, it definitely is. Um, there's a, a few like uh, friends out there that, you know, we, we sort of have been forged through the same path. And so we have like these DMs and whatnot, you know, Polkachu, God bless him. Uh, he has uh, uh, his, you know, tracker of upgrades where you can pretty reliably go there and, <laughs> see the upcoming upgrades uh i wrote a, a series of scripts where i you know basically talk to each one of my validators see if there's any proposals in voting uh period so that i can go and you know take a look at it him and haw um and make a choice uh, but that that was really the, the key differentiator is once i started having that data visible where i can just at a glance determine whether i need to do something became a lot easier um and some people love cosmovisors some people hate it you know i i think it does a, a good job if you don't trust it too much <laughs> um and so you know like the evmos upgrade that happened today i forgot about it but uh i had already set it up and everything just clicked and so it was a it was it was great <laughs> so yeah i mean a lot of it's just don't touch it uh, and, and let it do its thing. Um, and then when things do break, you know, be able to figure them out quickly. What's, what's, okay, so the, here's another question. Um, what's your approach to crypto though? Is it more of like the philanthropical approach to it? Or is this more for you like just a way to just get involved with the actual techie side of things, just the nerd, the nerd stuff, right? What's the thing that excites you the most? Uh, so there, there's definitely the um, sort of idealistic pie in the sky visual, you know, that I have in my head of if, if we all are able to to migrate to crypto, it's going to be amazing. Uh, we're going to be able to, you know, I could open up a home equity line of credit on my house and, uh, you know, basically loan that out and have money to i don't know syndicate to college within six seconds like that that's the sort of thing where, where we could go uh with with the way you know if we had nfts instead of deeds if we had um you know 
lending services that worked with those NFTs, if we had uh, a way to you know put that money into a college without sort of the you know, relatively convoluted network of of existing systems where you have to go talk to a bank, and then you have to borrow the money, and then you have to go to a closing and, and all this other stuff. So there, there's definitely an idealistic vision. Uh, some of it eventually treads into the, well, hold on a second, like one of the foundational concepts of government is this notion of stable centralized banking and economics and, you know, laws. <laughs> and so, you know, through the, the Juno uh, uh, Prop 16 stuff, that definitely ideas came up, you know, it started to sound like a uh, a musical in my head with all the sort of Hamilton type events that we were discussing. <laughs> um, but then in, in a very practical way, um, right now, the, the risk and reward is, is very uh, fruitful that the um, the service that I provide as a validator is, is fairly well compensated on a handful of the chains. And so I'm able to use that money to uh, build up sort of a war chest so that if, you know, I, I need to move servers from somewhere in Finland to uh, <laughs> a private data center or, you know, I, I want to help um, some chain, you know, get off the ground, I can do that. Um, and then, you know, on sort of a selfish basis, you know, there's certainly, hey, I'm I'm making my number go up and that's <laughs> fun. Um, but, you know, I have a very reasonable expectation of how far that number could, should go. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. You know, six kids, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm. Pro- can you hear my kids? Uh, yeah, yeah, in the background. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually in the. Uh, I'm actually in the master closet because it's, you know, surrounded with clothes and it's a very quiet space. It's like my own. I was little... just gonna ask you, where the <laughs> hell are you in, in your house right now with the, the six kids that you got? Because I'm yes. in my master bedroom and I can still hear my my daughter over there screaming and screaming at the dog. I don't know if you can hear her right now. Yeah, the the master closet is a padded room, so. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna write that down. Uh, get a master <laughs> a closet with a soundproofing installed. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's cl- the clothes are the soundproofing. So. <laughs> oh, you're all, you're you're deep in the. Okay, I get you. I get you. <laughs> <laughs> so, what what do you think is stopping or not stopping? But why don't what do you think that we? Hmm. Well, let me let me just phrase this question better. Why haven't we hit that point in time where crypto is? vastly adapted uh to the point where we can have those things that you mentioned before like an nft um deed you know what's what's stopping us from getting to that point right uh so there's there's a few things um one is the sort of fragmentation right like that's inevitable whenever there's any emerging technology um you know if we think about uh mobile devices just 12 years ago you know you could get a a microsoft phone or an android or a a nokia or a blackberry and there was just so many different phone ecosystems to have to choose from and eventually there were a few that that emerged and sort of you know there's still some fringe ones that you can investigate um but there was sort of a convergence on you know sort of two uh directions um, and this has sort of shown itself time and again. 
through various waves of technology like VHS and, and DVD um, and even Blu-ray. Uh, with with monetary systems, um, it feels a little bit like internet service providers uh, where you had the AOLs, the CompuServe, the Prodigies, the um, on and on and on. And then eventually it, it became impossible for you to go to a one-stop shop uh, like AOL, um, where keywords were the, <laughs> the the thing you wanted to like try to achieve. Uh, and it became more practical for people to run their own websites um, from their own data centers. And then it became too hard to like compete at a global level. And so data centers became services and, uh, and we saw that continue to evolve. So what's holding us back? One is the fragmentation. Two is government bureaucracy is inherently slow for bad and good reasons. Um, and so moving that forward at a faster pace is going to be sort of essential. And that's not going to be easy. It's not going to be done overnight. Um, but it, it's going to, some way is going to have to um, bridge the gap between written paper and uh, sort of a, a digital ledger. And I, I think that's going to be sort of, it, it's going to be hard <laughs> because people are yeah. going to say, well, you can always rewrite it. What, where's the paper record? Where's the paper trail? Well, you know, paper trails burn up, paper trails get soaked in water. Um, uh, so there, there's going to have to be that, that mental shift uh, that's going to happen, probably a generational um, type thing. Uh, and then, you know, public trust and public faith is, is the next thing. And when Bitcoin was first starting, you know, there were maybe a couple well-known software bugs. But then as Ethereum was starting, there was this sort of DAO fork and that casted doubt on on the ability for these systems to grow. And now it seems like we hear about multiple different exchanges and lending services and you know entire ecosystems that are imploding or they're moving too fast um and so i I think we're at that point where we're getting all these lessons learned and so um we we will get through it (laughs) and then a, a few not conservative but a few concentrated and focused vectors will emerge and that will start to you know build up speed and momentum so i I think we have to go through that sort of first explosion of activity where everybody's trying it and trying to provide some service or or some uh offering you know sort of like in the dot-com boom where you know you want to pay your traffic tickets online no no one wants to pay their traffic tickets um (laughs) So we got to get through that phase of innovation and uh, we're, we're rapidly getting through all the, you know, sort of nasty bits. Um, but yeah, I think that we, we need the, we need some convergence. We need government to uh, have sort of a changing of guard, changing of hands to be able to accept um, these as the new way. Uh, and uh, then we need, you know, to build public trust and, and faith. And do you think that um, regulation 
plays a big part in all this too? Or would you rather have everything more decentralized? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, the, the problem is regulation, regulation builds public trust. Regulation doesn't stop bad actors, though. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. otherwise we we wouldn't hear about an Enron or a, a Goldman Sachs that's you know apparently too big to fail, or um, you know what, what have you. Where you know there there's still going to be shady people doing shady things, even in regulation. Um, however, in providing guidance and providing at least some bumper rails, if you will. Uh, you're able to build up that faith, not only in, you know, that there are, <laughs> there, there's someone watching to make sure that you're not cheating. Um, but there's also, once you have that system of regulation, it's harder for the regulators to come in and then suddenly say, oh, you can't do that. Because now they have guidance. <laughs> now there's a process by which uh, regulations are, are introduced and so you know when we see tornado cash get attacked um in some ways you know that's maybe not so surprising given like directly what it is purporting to do um however the method in which it was attacked is like completely uh draconian um authoritarian where they're like, mm -hmm. no, you can't do that. You can't develop this. You, this is all, you know, straight to jail. Um, and it's just like, no, that's that's not how we, as a as a country, hand should be handling this. Like, there's a whole process for <laughs> for that. What ended up happening to those developers, by the way? Do Do you know? Uh, I, I for tornado know. crash, I, I don't know. Uh, I should. I don't follow up on that. Yeah. 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 Um. Anyway, so I, I think. I think the consensus is that we will eventually get there. We don't know how we will, but we will eventually get there. And I'm excited because I feel like my generation, I'm, I'm in my 30s, right? I feel like my generation is more leaning towards crypto um, and or accepting crypto, you know? Um, right. What about your generation? What do you feel like your generation is like? Yeah, I'm, I'm barely holding on to 30. Um, so I think we're not too far apart in generations. Uh, I, I think that us elder millennials, um, we, we see crypto as an exciting high risk investment vehicle. Um, and you know, I, I tend to always be cautiously optimistic about, you know, human intention and stuff. <laughs> uh, and, and so I'm, I'm hoping that it, it continues to, uh, improve our ability to exchange value as opposed to do some of that and then at the same time provide ways for people to sort of concentrate acquisition of value um you know that that's sort of my my biggest concern in that people are really good at building empires <laughs> that last for a little while um and so this ability to access and, and transmit and, and borrow funds, you know, we, we could probably just see a, a changing of the guards where suddenly, you know, it's not the JP Morgan chases and the Goldman Sachs, but it's the, you know, maybe it's the golden ratio stakings 
and um, <laughs> the king, <laughs> the king nodes that are are running the the global financial world. And you know maybe that's not so bad, um, but uh, you know absolute power corrupts absolutely, right? Um, so you know I, I think that if if we can see these financial systems move uh, and and change shape, I, I worry that it's just going to be a, sort of a, a reinvention of what we already have, just under you know a slightly faster way of um, paying for a taco or. <laughs> or what have you so yeah I, I i'm hopeful hopeful for it but um if there's a way for people to gain power and, and grow power unregulated unchecked then they will do it um and similarly if there's a way that the government is able to enforce regulation and have their own power they they will also do it so there's there's going to be a, a tension and hopefully you know, this iteration, we can learn from history and, and find a balance. So you you think we're still early, right? We're going to make it, right, Joe Abbey? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, we're so early. <laughs> we're so early. We're going to make it, guys. No, but being serious, right? you feel like we're early. This is all still early in its infancy stages. Absolutely. Um, we We are where Amazon is just selling books, right? Like Amazon was a bookstore. And the whole service they provided was you would go online, you would get great recommendations for books. Um, and there were tons of other e-marketplaces. Uh, Barnes and Noble had their own borders, had their own, but you know, damn it. <laughs> Amazon got really good at not just providing books. They were able to provide everything you could get. And you know what had to catch up? Sales tax laws. <laughs> Oh, and the ability to charge sales tax. Like, you remember being able to buy stuff online and yes. not pay sales tax? You're like, shit, I just saved 7%. And yes, then at the I IRS do. forms, they'd be like, you know, any internet purchases you had, you need to, like, let us know. And I'm sure everyone that's listening <laughs> that went through that definitely, you know, let the, <laughs> right. the IRS services know that this is what I bought online. And, and I owe you, you know, $70 for this thing. Yeah. Um, and, so, and I think, and I think that's okay. why that's why um, the governments and and regulation is just trying to harpoon cryptocurrency so hard because if everyone just moves to cryptocurrency and gets away from using fiat, how the fuck are they going to be able to tax people? <laughs> they they will yeah. not unless if they start doing some wallet sniping and saying, "Yep, this wallet belongs to you," and if you don't right. pay the amount of taxes that you you know, are supposed to, you know, you're going to jail. So I think that's why there's so much hate towards crypto on that aspect. And the, the fantastic thing is we, we've already lived that um, just in the private sector through peer-to-peer -peer music sharing, um, where you would hear these terrible stories about, you know, this single mom and being charged by the RIAA, you know, a quarter of a billion dollars for the 250 songs she downloaded illegally. <laughs> Right. And yeah. uh, so it just creates all this fear, uncertainty and doubt. And it's very successful, except that people continue to want to have digital music because it was so damn convenient. Um, and then services cropped up where, you know, you can pay what nothing, uh, listen to ads and get all the music in the world. Or you can pay a little bit more and access all the music in the world. Um, and so I, I just think it's uh, 
it's a matter of time. It's going to get messy before it gets clean, <laughs> but we're yeah. we're on the right path. Yeah. The LimeWire really? days. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, the LimeWire days. I mean, I'm sure you remember. LimeWire. Oh yeah, because uh, Bear Share. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah why do i have so many viruses oh <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah been there done that for sure yeah. man man anyway anyway um actually uh this is a fun story uh one of the companies that we were helping secure their software product uh was an israeli-based file sharing system and they wanted anti-tamper and obfuscation on a music uh, recognition system that they were forced to put in so that, you know, they, they would run the peer-to-peer file sharing system and it would detect whether or not this was copyrighted material. <laughs> and we were paid to ensure that they couldn't pull it out <laughs> of, their, of their application. Just a, a crazy, crazy uh, use case for that technology. And you know, ultimately, uh, I don't believe we we have that company uh, in existence now. But uh, it, it was a really cool uh, time to to work on just such a a bizarre use case for peer to peer file sharing. <laughs> Interesting, and I and I Israeli company, huh? Yeah, yeah. It was called uh, iMesh. Um, yeah. So you probably worked on a ton of cool projects. Back when you were yeah. not working in crypto, yeah, yeah, there were there was a yeah. bunch of cool companies, uh, a AAA gaming uh, company that we were working for. Uh, they actually flew a person out with a disc of assets so that we could run the pre-release game. Like we did the math on how long it would take to transfer. I don't know, it was like two hundred forty gigabytes of assets um, that they had to compile down and, and stuff. Uh, and they flew a person out with a disc <laughs> to us, and they're like, "Yep, I'm here. Here's your disc." And we're like, "Okay, <laughs> yeah, crazy." Um, are you familiar with the uh, project Agoric? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Do you think that um, what Agoric is doing, uh, bringing bringing developers that are used to using JavaScript, <clears throat> do you think that's going to ex- ex- uh, excel our Acceler- let me rephrase it. You think that's going to accelerate the the growth in our ecosystem, bringing more developers that are used to uh, coding in JavaScript? I, I think it makes it far more accessible. I think JavaScript has, you know, its own set of quirks and pitfalls in terms of, you know, it's sort of an accidental language that tried to formalize over the past, you know, twenty years. Um, where it was, oh, cool, we can do this client-side stuff. You know, we could make it kind of easy syntax and, you know, weak typing and, oh, wow, everybody's doing it now. Oh, we should really formalize. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I, I think there's, uh, certainly there, there's a, a breadth of technology they can tap into now. Um, and there, there's also a lot of depth in those different places. Um, I, I think it's still in sort of a wait and see uh, because we've got plenty of EVM stuff out there now, um, where Solidity kind of sort of feels like JavaScript. Um, and we've got, you know, Cosm Wasm chains out the wazoo, uh, where Rust is the, 
the silver bullet that everyone's looking for, but it's, you know, it's a bit hard to get used to if you're not a uh, sort of a formal programmer. Um, and so I, I think that it could be the, the right technological choice, but oftentimes it's a blend of what's easy to approach with, um, you know, what's broadly available that, that tends to succeed. But I think Agoric has, has made a bold choice and, um, you know, I'm surprised no one else has sort of done it yet, but uh, it's going to be exciting to see where they go, especially with garnering attention with their IST stuff. And so, yeah. Yeah. And I'm only asking this question because um, just, just want to get a uh, different viewpoint since you're of a developer, you know, right. and because when I was, I hosted a space for Dean and he was just oh, yeah, yeah. talking, yeah, talking all about uh, JavaScript and how this language is the most widely used worldwide. So sure. <laughs> it'd be just, what would, would be just so, so cool to get your opinion on it. So thanks. Yeah. 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 I think it's got a, it's got a lot of, <laughs> it's got a lot of potential, man. Um, cool. I think that's what we all have to say. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it, been uh, on my radar for a while now um and yeah I think what, what what company would you love to see um in real life and not not in crypto life right. use uh you know agoric to build what what they already have hmm I would I would personally say maybe like like an eBay type of company, um, Shopify type of company. I think right, that would right. I think that would be ideal. What about you? Yeah, I mean I think um, so. What Agoric is is trying to solve is sort of this. Uh, they've got this sort of same smart contract approach, uh, but it's it's through JavaScript. So. You know, I, I think if they could provide something beyond just like digital media or or e-commerce, but um, you know, maybe something more clandestine uh, like um, Akamai or you know one of these um, Cloudflare uh, Flare type solutions where. You know, there's there's got to be some management of these data points and and whatnot um, that are you know delivering these services. It's not very flashy, right? No, <laughs> but no. to know that it runs the internet that that's unseen um, would be pretty cool. Um, I mean, Netflix. You know, if we're gonna just throw cool names around, you know, that'd be pretty <laughs> neat to to have uh, Netflix run sort of their um, their backend on something like that. We'll, we'll yeah. get off this topic, but doesn't doesn't um, DocuSign use blockchain technology with their platform? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know what, what they use I behind the scenes, so. but it would make sense. All right. So the next thing I wanted to talk about is decentralization in our ecosystem. Mm. Do you think we can definitely improve there, or is it kind of just going to be like this for a while? What do you think, Joe? Yeah, I mean, it's sort of a, a conscious choice. Um, but if if we we go back to that sort of statement of humans are really good at building empires, um, you know, why 20 validators? Uh, well, I, I started with the theory of if I get on every chain that's on MintScan when I started, <laughs> um, then, 
you know, I've, I've got to have sort of that, the name, you know, recognition. Uh, so let's, let's go for it. And then darn it, more chains started launching. <laughs> and so uh, I started like trying to be more selective about the ones. And then, you know, sometimes just aping into ones that sounded exciting. Um, and so there's a propensity of once you have a, a certain level of uh, space or presence that you want to try to continue that growth and continue that growth. Um, and so I, I feel like we don't have a really good system for avoiding that, mm -hmm. that if you look at the top 10 chains, Cosmos station is on all of them. Is that bad? Is that good? You know, it, it just is right now. Yeah. Um, uh, so how to keep it more decentralized? Well, I, I think that one of <laughs> this is a sort of a controversial opinion, but one of Jay Kwan's greatest skills is the ability to be divisive. And by like his initial tenderment team getting them together and then being Jay and causing them all to like spread apart <laughs> <laughs> to create occlusion and to create, you know, strange love. And just a series of different companies, interchain, uh, what's informal systems, you know, all these brilliant people that were in, in one space by, by Jay not being a, <laughs> uh, a joiner or a, you know, a team player by him being just so divisive. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, literally, you just, you just tweeted out saying, I will leave the hub if Prop 82 Adam <laughs> 2 passes to focus on alternatives, but we still have time to stop it. But by, by I mean, yeah, I get you. Doing what he did, you know, he, he really pushed everyone to decentralize, right? And so I, yeah. I think that in some regards, uh, that, that's been a boon for the ecosystem. Uh, in other regards, it's super stressful. And it's like, dude, just, Get away from the computer just for a little bit, like just breathe. <laughs> but that Jay's gonna Jay. Um, so, yeah. Hmm. You know, I and I asked this question, Joe, because I I think I think when people when when noobs let's just say noobs newbies right get into the right. ecosystem, they want to save their tokens. They tend to just get lazy either or just pick the validator that has the most um, staking tokens, the most tokens right. staked. Of course. So yeah. how the fuck are we going to improve this shit? It, it happens over and over, man. Right. There's, so many, there's so many good validators out there, but the newbies just tend to pick the ones that are in the very top. Like, what would be your idea to solve that issue if you, you, you could implement it? Right. Um, so when Chihuahua Chain launched, I created this uh, 80-20 giveaway. Um, you know, I started looking at all the different chains and their sort of distribution of, of staking, and it, it almost perfectly follows the Pareto principle or Pareto distribution, which um, if you're not familiar with it, uh, the, the quick and dirty version is um, the top number one in any uh, collection is going to have like 50%. And then the second is going to have 25% and then 33%. And then it just, it continues to sort of long tail out to the end. Mm -hmm. uh, if you look at the frequency count of words in the English language by letter, um, you know, by, by number of letters, 
Well, of course, short words like A and V are going to have such a higher frequency than sort of the longer ones um, uh, because there's just, you know, the, these short words are uh, are very easy to uh, use. They're, they're sentence connectors. Um, so what, what do we do about decentralization? How do we fight this sort of natural propensity to just pick the quick and easy one because there's no, you know, uh, no clear um, winner. So with the 8020 giveaway, what I was trying to do was if I incentivize putting your um, delegations at somebody below the 20, uh, the 20th spot, um, will that encourage you to uh, change your behavior? Will that encourage you to, you know, change your delegations? The answer, of course, is yes. Um, that will encourage change in behavior for a short period of time. I was able to demonstrate in data that, you know, the lowest validators were seeing their stake increase and there was starting to be a bit of a shift in the, the balance. Um, ultimately, once my incentivization ran out, um, and the, the awards were given, you know, there was no reason to continue to do so. <laughs> so you just redelegated um, and uh, eventually just fell back into the sort of the, the same pattern. Uh, so what can we learn from that? What can we do? Well, I think um, if they have a uh, sort of a guiding group or, or a foundation, there's an opportunity for them to sort of artificially um try to rectify that so that you know it's not quite so out of balance uh there's been proposals about maybe there should be a max stake that's allowed um and that gets the argument of well now you're going to do sybils where you know with ethereum you have 32 eth for a validator and uh so then you just create a bunch of validators um how can we further that you know, I think it's going to be some education um, with me. The the thing that I saw to be the most fruitful in um, gaining a presence and a knowledge was participating, um, being in the different discords, you know, continuing to have dad jokes and, you know, hot takes mm -hmm. on, on Twitter, uh, you know, that, that seemed to garner some attention. Um, so if you just like launch it, you, you start your validator and you just stare at it, waiting for the delegations to come. You're, you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I think you guys know, I've, I've seen you guys struggle through the exact same thing where, you know, you're in that lower 10% struggling to, to stay alive. And it, oh it could be very, very difficult. Um, gosh, gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it has been a struggle for, you know, we're just a community centric validator. We're, the majority of the team is they're not developers. So sure. but for, for you, how was that for you starting out um, getting people's attention to stake with you, with you? Um, Cause obviously you don't do a lot of shit posting. I mean, got to give it up to Golden Rachel. <laughs> he does like the best shit posting. <laughs> oh, dude's, dude's gift. He has a gift. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, he and I were entering the space at the exact same time and, and we sort of kindled a friendship uh, along the way. And, you know, uh, we were at the bottom of the list for osmosis, um, you know, fighting for our lives <laughs> type stuff. Um, and uh, sometimes we would fall out, you know, and then we would find ways of either like concentrating our, our, our delegations from others and swapping them to, to rebolster ourselves. 
Um, you know, what, what saved me once was uh, uh, Jacob uh, Gedikian. Uh, he sort of said, hey, man, I'm going to delegate most of my notional stake to you and uh, we'll get you back in the active set. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh, okay. Like, I, I like your perspectives. I like what you're doing. You're a builder. And we need more of you in the Cosmos ecosystem. And, you know, dude's yeah. uh, man, dude, quite a guy. I can't, yeah. I can't tell you, Joe, how many times Jacob has always been that one friend that we can count on to just save us from the, yeah. the fucking the floor, right? He's always, yeah. he's always uh, eager to help. <clears throat> uh, with the Atom Validator, that one he wasn't able to help because, fuck, we were... 25,000 yeah. atoms, you know? Right. Yeah, there's just no way. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, thanks for answering that question. I was just curious. Like, how how yeah. were you surviving back then to be known as a validator that actually contributes to the, the ecosystem, right? How yeah. do you attract those newbies to stake with Joe Abbey? So, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. I got a I got a few questions from the community if you don't mind. I don't mean to drag oh, sure. this this interview. Um ah, this one's cool. coming from a, a cosmonaut. He said I would love to hear Joe talking about prop 16 and his personal feelings over it. Like why wasn't it done under prop 3? <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. I had to hit you with that one. Uh, that's good. That's a good one. So why was it done under prop 3? I I think we you know, hindsight's 2020, right? Um, when Prop 3 came out or, or whatever, it was just this, someone gamed it, we, we should claw it back. That was all the information we had. That was all, all we had to go off of. Um, we didn't know who was you know, really driving it. We didn't know if these claims were valid. We, we just had sort of that, that very peephole view of, of the situation. And so then it was voted down. Uh, and it, it was a, a non-issue because there was sort of this gentleman's agreement that was established. Um, and then for whatever reason, that good faith agreement fell through. And I still don't have a clear picture on exactly. Like, I, I know I've, I've seen the, the screencasts and, and everything of, you know, the conversations and, and the logs, but there's still something that doesn't like fully add up of why that thing fell through but at any rate here we are uh and then prop 16 came out and it was you know rah we're gonna do prop three again like let's <laughs> he, <laughs> he he was no longer faithful and 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 he didn't follow the rules and he definitely actively gamed it and it was, so then this caught my attention because there was such a you know uh, um a momentum towards we're, we're just gonna fucking do this uh and so then i started looking into it and i was like well this doesn't make any sense and then all the information started coming through right <laughs> and it became hard to know what was true and what was false and you know ultimately i think we're a, at a fine stalemate but i don't know how long that can you know i think it might be a hindrance hmm. interesting so there's your answer there's your answer guys um and i got another one have you recently seen what's been going on with Hetzner? Like literally, like pulling the plug on all the Solana validators. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, it was maybe two or three weeks ago, maybe more. Uh, there was a story about someone on Twitter under Hetzner's name, or or some uh, maybe it was on Reddit. 
uh, saying, yeah. you know, we're, we're going to just like ban hammer you guys. Like we don't do crypto. We say it right here in the um, uh, terms and conditions. And the way that I always read those terms and conditions were we, we don't do this specific type of crypto <laughs> hmm. because, you know, I wanted the definition to fit my definition. Um, and now it's becoming more and more clear that they mean no, no crypto whatsoever. Thou shalt not do uh, do this here. Um, and it's it's quite a shame. They have a fantastic service. Uh, they have the least expensive nodes with the best internet. You know, it's just uh, it's the perfect convergence of, of functionality and and price. Um, and and I, I really enjoy their offering. But if if they're going to just you know pull the plug on folks, uh, we have to. We have to. Um, uh, make a change so um you know i, I know a lot of guys uh, a, a lot of validators i should say are, are looking around at uh at what they can do um i was originally on aws and uh when i launched my uh osmosis validator i was getting eaten alive <laughs> yeah <laughs> because yeah. there's like a terabyte of data uh per day and um you know, at AWS's prices, it's just stupid expensive. Jeez. Um, yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, I think Hetzner is is making a choice to enforce their terms and conditions, and they're they're doing it very aggressively. And I would strongly recommend anyone listening that is running a validator to uh, to look around. You know, there's Cantabo, there's OVH, there's others out there. There's there's tons of dedicated uh servers um what i would like to do is you know run my own out of my own uh private data center um you know probably initially i can't afford to do that but we're sort of seeing that you know same discussion that i, I had earlier of you know we <laughs> we're going to start with running it out of our offices or, or out of our garages yeah. and then we need a private data center and then we're going to have a hosting service you know probably google is going to announce some sort of you know hosted validator service um yeah, I think there's Mev space that is trying to do exactly that. Um, mm. So yeah, I, I think uh, they're making a choice. I don't agree with it, but you know, I also have delegators that are depending on me. So um, yeah, got to uh, move. Got to make a move. move. Yep. Yep. Uh, we 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 did have our Adam validator on Hetzner. Um, I believe we're we're in the process of moving our. Have most validator from Hetzner. Like I'm, I'm not the guy that that runs the show, uh, Joe Abby. Uh, I'm part of the team, obviously, one of the founders. But I have a team that dedicates all their time to running the validators. Um, yeah. The and I do agree with the, the Osmosis one. If it, if we weren't running Osmosis on a bare, a bare metal validator, right, I think we right. would be screwed and missing a ton of blocks. So luckily, we have we have a few bare metal validators. We have around four, and that helps a ton. But it's expensive as fuck. It's expensive it is not cheap. Yep. No, it's not. Um, what other questions do I got from the community? Let me just... Well, you know, right now would be a really good time for you as I'm looking for more questions to just um, talk to the community. Talk to the community that sticks with Joe Abbey. What would you like them to know about you? Um, maybe even just give them a shout out. Whatever. This is your time to shine. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't do this alone. Um, you know, while, while I'm maybe the one man, you know, sort of the, the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain that's pulling the levers and uh, and, and what <laughs> turning the crank, um, 
you know, you, you guys all really help make it happen, whether you're, you know, laughing at my silly jokes or you're, you know, dropping into my DMs or, or uh, Discord and saying, hey, your restaker is not working or, um, you know, whatever it is. You know, I, I definitely appreciate all the support and uh, the faith that you have that I'm going to, you know, <laughs> run this program faithfully and um you know try to make this this network successful and so you know it takes a village to raise a family and it, it definitely takes a village to uh keep a validator up so thank you guys well joe i don't have any more questions for you plus i don't want to drag this out too long but i, I do appreciate you coming on the space it's been great mm -hmm. know a lot know a lot more about you and i and you said you were you're from indiana right we're, well i'm in michigan so we're not that far oh, away right on. <laughs> yeah hey, midwest yep 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 and uh the winter season is coming man get prepared oh man i i put a, a sweater on today thinking it was going to be you know fall and it was a uh, beautiful 71 blue skies uh, so i can't complain but it was a little twisty <laughs> yeah yeah it was like around 60 degrees or so over here so not yep. too bad yeah yeah thank you have a great night joe abby yep. we'll speak soon Later on, I'm sure we're going to cross paths again. Indeed. And I appreciate everybody, too, for stopping by to listening and into the space. And, Joe, I will I will keep in touch with you because you'll have to select another. That's right. Yeah. 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 I'll give you time. Don't worry. It'll be oh, about yeah. two weeks from now until we get the next space running. So cool. get to thinking on who you want to select as the next person that we can interview. We'll do. Did you listen to the uh, Golden Ratio space that I did with him? No. You know, I, I haven't heard. Uh... I've not yet heard Golden's voice, and so I, I tried to. I know, I know, it's crazy. We've been like uh, internet pin pals for a year, and uh, I've never heard his voice. And I'm <laughs> okay. One second, one second, <laughs> one second. All right, <laughs> it's it's on it's on Spotify. Um, okay, Terraspaces okay. records a lot of the um, the spaces that happen in our ecosystem, so he uploads them to Spotify, Apple Music, and whatnot. Perfect. So I, I know I have it here. You're gonna probably be shy. Like what? What, what do you imagine him sounding like? Like old or young? Uh, I. It's somewhere between like Neil deGrasse Tyson, and uh, you know maybe a, a deeper voice, but I, I have no idea. And so it's like okay. it's gonna be like when you see the the movie version of of the person you've only read about. <laughs> All right. Let me see. Yeah, I was, I was pretty, I mean, I've heard him speak on one space before. I'm like, whoa, this guy sounds really young. What the heck? <clears throat> Let's see if I can pop it up really quick. All right. Golden ratio. He was the last person we did. And this was about a week and a half ago, tweaks. <clears throat> okay. If I can't find it, oh man, it's, it's deep. It's deep in there because Mr. Finn from Terra Spaces records a ton, a ton of spaces. So nice. yeah, I will, right. I will probably find it. So yeah, give it a listen. I'll send you the link and do cool. let me know what you think. All right. All right. Very good. <laughs> all right, Joe, have a good night. Take it easy. Take care. Thanks for checking out another episode of the ether. That was cosmic community episode nine with Joe Abbey hosted by Lil Gaines from Cosmo spaces recorded on Thursday, November 3rd, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening.
If you want to keep listening, head on over to terraspaces.org slash donate and show some support. When we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep your hands off when the play is a bust. Plain old and just so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two. Help me see the three. Third eye open wide. Checking out the scene. Razor beam focused. Starscream jokers. Living off the fat of the people they approach. Tell me what happens when the land fights back with the cliffs at our backs make the last stand matter no one ever planned for the famine on deck we was walking all erect with the dead man swagger sitting in a little den envision in the middle men listen to the fatal man play a little ditty then talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian lost in the maze trying to make the next bubble billion talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian lost in the maze trying to make the next bubble billion Little Dan envisioning the middle men Listen to the fiddle man Play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next No one gave a shit till the drugs all dried up Everybody died from a bad batch of Lysol But it didn't matter we was all hyped up When the pedal lit the metal he just didn't have the right skill Watched in the daytime till the night curfew Rats in a cage till they make time to murk you Got a little job that falls under my purview We gotta get this mob away from the Birds you gotta find cover, wipe off the bird poop, ride off the work while you try on the worst juice. Blinded by perps who try to reverse truth, slide like Fox News, just trying to lie to you. Eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants. I can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis. Mock up a basement, could call me resilient. Waiting for the internet to make me a billion. Vision in the middle men, listen to the fiddle man, play a little ditty then, talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze trying to make the next billion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze trying to make the next billion. Terror spaces.